Welcome, everybody, to episode 83 of the True Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Mann, and I'm glad to say it, but Tech-tember has officially started, uh, kicking it off with iPhone 14 leaks, the new Apple event that's going to be um, happening this Tuesday, and a bunch of other stories that are really exciting. But we're going to get right into those stories after a word from today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is you. You can help support the show by going to merch.streamelements.com where you can get the True Tech merch, uh, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, mouse pads, etc. Um, and it really just helps, uh, helps me keep making these episodes. Um, so just go there, merch.streamelements.com Let's get back to the show. All right, so like I said in the intro, um, the Apple event is coming really close. I'm really excited about this event. Uh, it's going to be Tuesday, uh, September 14th, 2021. Um, it's pretty crazy to be saying that the iPhone 13 will be announced very soon and a bunch of other products coming at the September and also the October event. Um, and if you missed last week's episode, we mostly talked about uh, what to expect at the September and October event from Apple. So if you're interested in that, go check out that episode. But this episode, we're mostly going to focus on um, the iPhone 14 leaks because this is a crazy one. Uh, many of you guys might have known um, John Prosser. He's a top tier leaker, uh, 80% accuracy uh, from Apple Track. Right, um, so he has his YouTube channel, Front Page Tech. He recently put out uh, a huge uh, bomb of a leak, uh, putting out like CAD files of the iPhone 14, as well as you being able to see the iPhone 14 in person using AR, which is super cool and something that no other leaker has ever done with CAD models, uh, let alone even show people. Uh, these actual CAD models themselves, but he gave us an exclusive of how the iPhone 14 might look like and some of the specs to be expected with this phone. Um, but yeah, this one's really exciting just because like the iPhone 13 hasn't even been released yet and Apple has not officially announced it and John Prosser is already jumping aboard the iPhone 14 uh, league train and putting out all these exciting rumors and leaks for the iPhone 14. But first of all, um, I think the biggest change for uh, this particular iPhone is that there's actually no more notch. I'm excited to say that, but it's just going to be a hole punch now. Uh, So we're getting rid of the notch, which is uh, the step towards the right direction, and I'm happy Apple's doing it. He didn't really give any details on if um, the iPhone 14 will have Touch ID or whether it will still support Face ID because the only reason Apple's really not changing to uh, a hole punch for the iPhone 13 is that uh, it needs to put all the sensors required for Face ID inside that notch in order to perform Face ID Um, unless it's underneath the display or somehow... um, they figured out how to do it without those sensors. 
or they really just made it compact or maybe it's just touch id i'm not sure but there's a hole punch now it kind of looks like samsung's uh flagship lineup of phones with that hole punch and the really nice display it's going to be an amoled display 120 hertz uh and a hole punch cutout will be really nice so more screen to body ratio and the whole inspiration for this actual design for the iphone uh, 14 series is from the iphone 4 uh, lineup uh, i don't know if you guys remember that but like back then apple did put out the iphone 4 and it was had a really nice uh a glass sandwich design the back was glass um the front was glass there was um an aluminum uh border but this year they're gonna be doing the same thing there's no not gonna be any camera bump on the back it'll, it'll be almost flush almost flat uh compared to the rest of the body um and John did say that this phone's going to be getting a lot thicker than uh, the iPhone, the previous iPhone generations. Uh, and the border is not aluminum anymore. It's going to be titanium, at least on the iPhone 14 Pro Max model, the Max model. Um, but something to note is that the hole punch, I think, is only going to be for the Pro lineup of phones. So the iPhone 14 Pro and the iPhone 14 Pro Max. I think the iPhone 14 and maybe iPhone 14 mini, I'm not sure if they're going to be doing the mini, but the regular iPhone 14 will just have uh, the same notch found on the iPhone 13 lineup. So uh, this hole punch is going to be exclusive on the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. Uh, yeah, so it, like I said, they're taking inspiration from the iPhone 4. Uh, so that means there's going to be a circular volume buttons, which looks really retro, I guess. Uh, but honestly, there's not too many changes to like the ports and everything. It's still going to be lightning. Uh, the speakers, the speaker grill looks about the same. There's still the SIM card slot on the left side of the phone. And also, there's the mute and volume switch, the two circular home button, um, the volume buttons, and uh, the power button found on the right side of the phone. But uh, this is a very exciting one. And oh, yeah, so uh, I forgot to mention the Apple logo will now be underneath the glass instead of being on top of the glass, uh, just like the iPhone 4. So I'll leave a link down below uh, in the show notes if you want to go check out um, the room, the CAD files for yourself and see them on uh, in your own living room or whatever and see them uh, for yourself. But it looks really cool. And uh, he did say that the iPhone 14 Pro series will come in gold, black, and white. Um, and those are the colors he's pretty sure about. Um, although he did he did put out a uh, a CAD file with um, with a a turquoise color, he said that's not official, but something he just thinks looks cool. So yeah, I think the turquoise is definitely a go. Uh, he's calling it Pacific Blue, I think. Um, I think that's my favorite color out of the ones he put out. But hopefully Apple does go with this color and actually puts it. Uh, on the actual iPhone 14 Pro models. But the 
the model shown in the CAD files and um, the augmented reality is iPhone 14 Pro Max. So he didn't show anything about the regular iPhone 14 or the iPhone 14 Pro. Um, only the iPhone 14 Pro Max, but hopefully we got to see more information about the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Pro. I think that's really it um, for the iPhone 14. It's just, it's so ahead of time. And, you know, these rumors, I wasn't even expecting them, yet, uh, let alone even ready to talk about these. But um, it's a really exciting phone. I'm not even sure if you should even go and buy the iPhone 13. You probably are better off just waiting a little bit longer and buying the iPhone 14 uh, series, which has a lot more uh, new features compared to the iPhone 13. Yeah, but this is a really cool phone and one that I would recommend um, instead of going for the iPhone 13, especially if you were uh, someone on the iPhone 12 series. Alright, for our next story, let's talk about the DJI Osmo 5. So DJI is a like a camera accessory oriented company and they also make drones, but um, this DJ, DJI Osmo 5 um, is a gimbal for your phone and it has some improvements over the DJI Osmo 4 and the most notable one is actually the kind of like the long selfie stick um, for the gimbal as well which looks pretty cool and can really extend your shots even further um, but the Osmo 5 really retains the same foldable design principle as its predecessors, but with some minor changes. Um, and the gimbal is slightly smaller and lighter this year, so I believe they said a third lighter. And eagle-eyed users will notice the angle of the handle is more acute than um, before to accommodate for that 8.4-inch selfie stick. Uh, I'm worrying that it might be a little... Um, less comfortable, but um, we're not going to be sure until we actually, until I actually uh, get my hands on it and see um, what it's like in person. There's also a new button on the handle, which will let you quickly access some of the core uh, Osmo 5 features. But with the changes in design, the battery life is taking a huge hit. While the Osmo 4 gimbal was rated for uh, 15 hours, the Osmo 5 rating shrinks to 6 hours and 20 minutes, and that's a significant drop in battery life, almost half the amount. Well, when uh, DJI in introduced the Osmo 4, a standout feature was the pair of magnetic mounts that made attaching your phone to the gimbal effortless. But the mounts required extra effort to work with, uh, a, larger, um, with a larger than usual phone, especially if um, it had a case on it. Now, DJI is upgrading the magnetic clamp so it stretches ev uh, out even further. Um, and no, just like last year, the magnets are not capable, uh, compatible with Apple's proprietary MagSafe magnets. The Osmo 5 also comes with improved gimbal motors and has added a new intelligent feature, shot guides. The Osmo 5 scans your surroundings and gives you up to three, 30 sets of of tips and directions on shooting videos with this gimbal. Once you've fin filmed all the recommended clips, it will auto-edit those clips together and give you something that um, 
looks really nice. The rest of DJI's other intelligent tracking features also are getting a performance upgrade. Active Track 4.0 now has improved facial recognition and facial tracking, which results in much more responsive performance. All of the other pre-programmed shooting modes from the Osmo 4 can also be found on the Osmo 5. The Hitch, uh, Cocky and Dale Dolly Zoom, the Creative Clone Me Panoramas, and my favorite one out of all of them is the Spin Shot. Plus other standard modes we've seen before such as Hyperlapse, Timelapse, and Motion Lapse, which are really cool as well. Uh, the Osmo 5 will be available in two colors, Athens Grey and Sunset White. DJI is also selling a new optional $59 accessory. Um, and DJI Fill Light Phone Clamp, which kind of looks like a standard ma magnetic clamp, but has a light to it, which will just enhance the quality of your video when shooting in the dark. With the release of the Osmo 5, the Osmo 4 is being renamed to Osmo SE, um, which is the same gimbal as last year, including uh, the same old 15 hour battery life, but with the upgraded magnetic clamp, all for $119. The Osmo Mobile 5 is available right now for $159, which is $10 more than the Osmo 4 and about $30 more than the Osmo Mobile 3 cost at launch. The Osmo 5 comes in one standard uh, package with a ring holder, clamp, tripod, wrist, strap, and pouch. But this is a really ex exciting accessory, especially if you use your smartphone to shoot video a lot and want a more cinematic and stabilized looking video. But uh, that was pretty recent, and honestly, the Osmo 5 um, is one of my favorite gimbals for a smartphone. I think it is the number n number one uh, gimbal for a smartphone that I can really think of. Um, they're really just crushing it in a, a smartphone gimbal area, but um, let's move on to our next story. So, Facebook recently has... Uh, teamed up with Ray-Ban and has made some unique changes to uh, smart glasses in general. Um, so uh, Facebook has implemented their own cameras, uh, speakers, microphones, um, and their assistant into the um, into uh, these specific sunglasses that they partnered up with uh, Ray-Ban to actually create. And honestly, they're really low profile and I don't even, if someone told me that uh, they weren't uh, smart glasses, I would actually believe them. So uh, starting Thursday, this uh, first pair of smart glasses uh, are going to be on sale for $299. And usually Ray-Bans go for around $140, so these are a huge uh, price point price uh, point uh, mark. They're called Ray-Ban Stories, and you'll be able to find them pretty much anywhere uh, Ray-Bans are sold, including lens crafters and sunglasses hut stores. The frames feature two front-facing cameras for capturing video and photos. They sync with a companion camera roll app called Facebook View, where clips can be edited and shared to other apps on your phone, um, not just Facebook's own. There's a physical button on the glasses for recording, or you can say, hey Facebook, take a video, to control them hands-free. 
and perhaps most importantly, they look and feel like regular glasses, which was the most surprising part to me. With their core ability of taking photos and videos, Ray-Ban Stories are essentially a sleeker version of Snapchat's Spectacles, which first debuted in 2016, but are a lot more hyped. Um, and these Ray-Bans don't have displays in the lenses like the latest spe Spectacles that were unveiled earlier this year, but speakers on both sides of the frame can play sound from your phone over Bluetooth, which is a really cool feature that I really um, I'm starting to expect in a lot of uh, smart glasses. Ray-Ban Stories are the first product in a multi-year partnership between Facebook and the European eyewear uh, company Ray-Ban's uh, Ray-Ban. While they're limited to what they can do, Ray-Ban Stories are the most normal looking accessible pair of sunglasses to hit the market so far. Both companies also see them as a step forward a uh, step toward more advanced augmented reality glasses that overlay graphics onto the real world. And I've seen a lot of videos where tech reviewers um, did an interview with Mark Zuckerberg talking about um, talking about like why they didn't include uh, augmented reality inside these glasses. They said mostly because uh, it would really decrease the amount of battery life that you'd be getting out of these glasses and also it would just become a lot bulkier which totally makes sense and uh, Mark, Mark said that uh, in the future when the tech gets more advanced he does plan to uh, add this to um, the Ray-Ban stories after testing a pair of um, uh, the Ray-Ban stories um, your average cons consumer did say that um, they're really comfy, and he said that he would even use it to record video instead of his phone uh, when he feels like uh, he f he doesn't feel like bringing out his phone. But the dual five megapixel cameras can capture just over three dozen thirty second video clips, or roughly five hundred photos, before the on device memory fills up. A physical button on the top of the right side of the frame lets you manually capture if you'd rather not use the hey Facebook wake phrase. A light on the inside of the glasses and outside of glasses uh, just shows that um, the camera is on and the outside one is for uh, people around you to know that you're recording and the one inside is to know that you are recording um, using the camera. But Facebook says the glasses take about an hour to fully charge in the case and will last uh, roughly six hours with intermediate use. The companion view app shows a live readout of the battery when the glasses are paired. Um, and I really think that the case is a cool addition to these glasses instead of just plugging them into the wall. You actually have somewhere to keep them protected and also charge them at the same time. Honestly expected the speakers on both sides to be like soft and like a muddy, but honestly, I think that these speakers are pretty good and ones that um, are competitive with other smart glasses uh, that can play audio. But um, this is a really cool pair of smart glasses and one that I would, re I would recommend if you like Ray-Ban and also want to take videos on the go without your smartphone. But um, yeah, that's the Ray-Ban stories. Uh, a really unique pair of smart glasses and I really think that this might go mainstream uh, somewhere in like the next two years when Facebook 
advances their technology within the glasses and makes them even slimmer. But uh, the same um, as the last story, I'll leave a link down in the show notes uh, just for you guys to see how these look like and uh, for, for you guys to see the specs on your own. Okay, so moving on, let's talk about Apple vs. Epic Games and the recent news behind what's happening. Uh, so recently, uh, Apple says it wouldn't let Epic Games back in the App Store until they agree to play by the same rules as everyone else. Earlier today, Epic asked Apple to reinstate its developer account so that it can uh, re-release the iOS version of Fortnite in South Korea, which recently passed a bill forcing Apple and Google to allow alternate in-app payment systems. However, uh, Apple maintains it's under no obligation to let Epic in the App Store at all. Apple states, as As we've said all along, we would welcome Epic's return to the App Store if they agree to play by the same rules as everyone else, an Apple spokesperson says in a statement to The Verge. Uh, But... Epic has admitted to a breach of contract, and as now, there's no legitimate basis for the reinstatement of their developer account. So the South Korean legislation has not yet gone into effect, but if and when it does, according to Apple, that wouldn't have any bearing on the company's process for approving developer accounts. Until Epic agrees to comply with the App Store's app review guidelines, Apple isn't going to consider the request. Fortnite is one of the most popular video games in the world, and losing out on iOS devices is a pretty big loss for Epic, so I feel like they should just really figure something out and uh, get back on the App Store. But talking about Apple, uh, there's another story about how Apple fired their own employee, Ashley uh Jovic, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but she's a senior engineering program manager and she got fired for allegedly leaking information to uh, uh, leakers. Apple has fired uh, Ashley for really violating the company's rules against leaking confidential information, but for months, uh, Jovic has been tweeting openly about legislations of harassment, surveillance, and workplace safety. Um, So Ashley said, When I began raising workplace safety concerns in March and nearly immediately faced retaliation and intimidation, I started preparing myself for something exactly like this to happen. Uh, She says, I'm disappointed by that a company I have loved since I was a little girl would treat their employees this way. Ashley has raised concerns that her office is in an Apple building located on a super fun site, meaning it requires special oversight due to historical waste contamination. She also says that she faced harassment and bullying from her manager and members of her team. More recently, she's begun raising privacy concerns related to Apple's private policies on how it can search and surveil uh, employees' work phones. Uh, she was placed on administrative leave in early August while Apple investigated some of these concerns, a placement she says she requested as uh, a last resort. 
A member of Apple's employee relations team reached out to Ashley earlier today, uh, saying that uh, she they want to speak with her about sensitive intellectual property matter and uh, within the hour. But Ashley said she wanted to keep all communications in writing and noted she was forwarding the correspondence along to the NLRB, which she recently filed a charge. The employees' relations representative responded to say that because she had chosen not to participate in the discussion, they would move forward with the information they had and, given the seriousness of these allegations, suspend her access to Apple systems. Hours later, uh, Ashley received an email that her employment at Apple was being terminated, effective uh, like a few days ago. But honestly, this is pretty crazy. So uh, it just shows like what's kind of like behind the scenes of Apple. Uh, just because you know we all think Apple's a perfect company, but nothing is ever perfect. So this just really shows that well, both sides how. Uh, Ashley was being harassed, um, and also, like, the privacy concerns that she had about Apple, but, uh, yeah, that's a pretty crazy story, and when I saw that one, I was just surprised, uh, because of it. Alright, let's talk about, uh, the TCL, uh, cancelled foldable phone, it's called Chicago, it's gonna be our last story, but... This is an interesting well, uh, one as well. Uh, okay, so... Um, hmm. Where do I start with this? TCL, like, earlier in, like, 2020 or 2021, promised that they would be bringing their own foldable phone uh, to, mar- to their market before 2022. But, um, yeah, they kind of put one out. But then said that never mind, they're not gonna put that specific device. The they're calling it TCL's uh, Project Chicago, um, and you can't buy it because they did cancel it. Uh, but it was really disappointing. But while the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 5G uh, is like the least expensive foldable phone you can get right now, um. It's still too early to tell if the Z Flip 3 is the catalyst that brings foldables to the mainstream, uh, and pre-order and early sales projections look promising. Um, and yeah, so Chicago is uh, a project that TCL has been working on for a long time. Um, and don't forget this, because like TCL is not a newcomer to smartphone business. The Chinese electronics giant, best known for its televisions, has been in the game from the start. It's the company behind uh, Alcatel, the BlackBerry Key 1, and the T-Mobile Revel 5G. So this is known as Project Chicago, and they didn't put out an official name, so this is just uh, the project name. Um, And it's a really nice looking phone. It's a clamshell device with a rose gold trim all around. And when closed, it's about the size of a compact uh, Z Flip almost, and it's pretty easy to hold. And when you open the phone, you'll find a 6.67 inch AMOLED display. 
There's a small vertical display on the front of the phone that lets you quickly access apps or dual cameras. TCL's Chicago foldable was meant to be a mid-range alternative to expensive foldables. Its shell is made of textured plastic, a Qualcomm Snapdragon 765G chipset with 128 gigs of storage and 6 gigs of RAM uh, to power the phone. And the 48 megapixel and 16 megapixel cameras are solid, but honestly, it wouldn't really compete with uh, the lenses you find on the Galaxy Z Flip 3. That's not to say that the Chicago isn't a good phone. It's just you would have to uh, take a lot more, uh, a lot more of these uh, trade-offs to get an actual foldable phone. Um. And battery isn't the greatest, but it does have solid sub-6 gigahertz 5G, and the only flexible display uh, where the creases appears a few seconds after you open the phone. Um, and you can still feel the where the hinge is located, but there's not the large ever-present line that bisects the display on most foldables, like uh, what plagues the Z Flip 3. But... This was really meant to be competitor to the Z Flip 5G, not the Z Flip 3. Uh, honestly, because it's a lot better than the Z Flip 2. I mean, the Z Flip 5G. Uh, but honestly, the Z Flip 3 is just the better phone to get compared to these two, which is why TCL didn't like keep going with this phone and actually uh, put it out there in the market. But it would have been a really impressive phone and would have gone from the either price point of uh, $700 to $900, uh, which is really a competitive price point. But as Mr. Mobile said in his video, uh, people that are willing to spend $800 are also willing to spend, are usually willing to spend $1,000 on a phone. So like the Z Flip 3 is just better in a lot of ways compared to the TCL foldable Chicago phone uh, which is why they're going back to the board and like reconfiguring it and seeing what they can do uh, to maybe even get the price point lower and get the phone even better and hopefully they uh, pr bring this phone uh, to mainstream uh, before 2022 I'm really excited about what TCL can bring because the Chicago was a really impressive phone and for $799 or $899, uh, it's a really great deal, especially if you're looking for a foldable phone. But that's all I have for this episode of the True Tech Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to be posting another episode, episode 84, either on Wednesday next week or Friday. Depends uh, when I'm available, but the Apple event is going to be on Tuesday, and I'm so pumped and excited to talk about what's going to be coming out uh, by then. So stay tuned uh, to this podcast, and don't forget to purchase the merch. Uh, check out the merch, merch.streamelements.com/jlman. Uh, really helps support the show. But yeah, I'll see you in episode 84. Peace. <laughs>